Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Saturday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Amos. It is the Lord who speaks. That day I will re-erect the tottering hut of David, make good the gaps in it, restore its ruins and rebuild it as it was in the days of old, so that they can conquer the remnant of Edom and all the nations that belong to me. It is the Lord who speaks, and he will carry this out. The days are coming now, it is the Lord who speaks, when harvest will follow directly after ploughing, the treading of grapes soon after sowing when the mountains will run with new wine and the hills all flow with it. I mean to restore the fortunes of my people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them, plant vineyards and drink their wine, dig gardens and eat their produce. I will plant them in their own country, never to be rooted up again. Out of the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace, peace for his people and his friends, and those who turn to him in their hearts. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Mercy and faithfulness have met, justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Alleluia, alleluia. My sheep, listen to my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. John's disciples came to him and said, Why is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? Jesus replied, Surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of mourning as long as the bridegroom is still with them. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth onto an old cloak, because the patch pulls away from the cloak and the tear gets worse. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins burst, the wine runs out, and the skins are lost. No, they put new wine into fresh skins, and both are preserved. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel which we have today is actually kind of complex. Um, You know, John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, that is, ask Jesus about, you know, the fasting that they do as a comparison to the lack of fasting that, you know, Jesus' own disciples do. Uh, And it's really trying to describe the relationship now that exists between the old and the new, you know, the old covenant with Moses and the law that came from Moses and, you know, this new covenant that's going to be established in Jesus' blood and the relationship that that has with the new law of grace that's coming. Now, all of that's really important, and and that's certainly what the gospel is driving towards, uh, towards a deeper understanding. But I'd like to look at it from a a more personal perspective, um, in terms of our own spiritual lives, in terms of our own prayer lives. Jesus says no one puts an unshrunken cloth onto an old cloak because the patch pulls away from the cloak and the tear gets worse. And then he says no one puts new wine into old wineskins because the skin bursts and the wine runs out and the skins are lost. You know, we get these two beautiful but, but rather cryptic sayings. The patch that's sewed onto the old cloak needs to have the same kind of stretch factor. Because, you know, if you do put a piece of unshrunken cloth onto cloth that's already been pre-shrunk, it's like, well, the patch is going to shrink. It's going to pull on the old cloak and then the patch is going to tear away. And it's not going to accomplish what the patch is there to do. It's, it's going to make the tear worse. It's much the same then with these wineskins because, you know, the fermentation process produces, you know, gases and, you know, things are kind of living and alive and moving and all of that. And and if there's an old skin that's, that's grown tough and doesn't have a kind of flexibility about it, then, you know, when there are expansions because of gases and other forces within the wineskin, it's going to meet a tough rigid exterior that's going to let go it it doesn't have that kind of flexibility within it that's able to accommodate the the expansions and contractions of a you know sort of living fermentation process now it seems to me that we need to have a, a similar kind of flexibility within our own hearts and in the past the you know classic spiritual writers described this flexibility, this this kind of virtue, as docility. Now, I think it's important to, to kind of get the right understanding of what that word docile really means, because, you know, if we talk about an animal being docile, we probably think of them as being, you know, sort of a bit sleepy, a bit lazy, and, you know, 
a bit difficult to rouse up. But that's not what the spiritual writers are describing as a virtue in the spiritual life when they use the word docile. You see, the word docility comes from the Latin word docere, which means to teach. So someone who's docile, someone who has the virtue of docility, is someone who is teachable, someone who's attentive to the voice of the other. And I suppose one of the essential preconditions of being docile is the need to be humble. You know, I haven't got it all straight in my own mind. I'm always willing to learn and I stand in need of teaching because I'm not the finished product yet. So, you know, Having new wineskins then means that, you know, we have the kind of flexibility to be able to grow and to, and to expand, to accommodate the more that is contained within us. Now, the reason why I think this is very personal and, and relates to our own spiritual lives is because the Lord is leading us each and every day. The Holy Spirit is present to us, is is dwelling within us and speaking to us and guiding us and prompting us each and every moment of our lives. And yet so often we're just inattentive or deaf to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to his interior promptings, that somehow our hearts have grown somewhat coarse, tough rigid, unbending and unable to accommodate the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And without that docility, that ability to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the wineskin and the wine both get lost. So how do I become more docile? How do I become more attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that daily voice? How do I hear God in my everyday, his promptings, his guidance, his direction, so that each day I may walk in his ways? Well, St. Ignatius of Loyola recommends a practice of daily prayer, which he calls the examen, E-X-A-M-E-N, and, you know, Plug it into Google, there are loads of resources around the examine. But it's nothing especially earth-shattering. It's a prayerful way of examining our day and of looking for the ways in which God was present during the day. So it's a, it's a pretty simple five-step process, right? And it should only take a few minutes. You know, It's not something that you, you know, spend a long time agonizing over. But the first step is to, you know, sit down, settle for prayer and ask God for light. Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see your presence throughout my day. What I missed, where I've been inattentive, draw my attention, Lord. Then the next step is to give thanks to God to be grateful to him, to recognize that the day which has unfolded has unfolded according to his love, according to his gift and providence and grace. And then the third step, like this is the meaty part of the examine, to review your day. Look back on the day that's just passed. Where has God been present? In the people that I encountered, 
those whose presence I enjoyed, those that I found difficult, in the circumstances that unfolded during my day, the ones that went according to my plans, the ones that were interruptions, the ones that I felt were were going awfully wrong. You know, where was God in the midst of all of that? And what was the Holy Spirit saying? And, you know, rely on the light of grace, which you've already asked for from God, to say, okay, Lord, help me to see this from your perspective. Help me to see your promptings. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably get to the end of that step and go, oh, probably wasn't quite as docile as I could have been. That I either missed the voice of the Holy Spirit or heard it and decided to do something else. But it gives rise to step four. To face up to my shortcomings and ask for forgiveness. But that brings us straight to step five, to look forward to the day that's to come and resolve to do better. All right, Lord, like where it was that I missed the mark today, what am I going to do to put it right for tomorrow? Now, that's the examine, you know, and it shouldn't be an ordeal. It should only take, you know, a, a few minutes to get through. But do it every day and it starts to build a habit. You know, if I'm constantly looking for God's presence during the day, and if I'm constantly reviewing my day to find how God was speaking to me, I do become more docile. You know, I I start to become more attuned to the voice of God. I start to recognize that my day isn't a, a godless wasteland apart from the times when I turn my mind to him in prayer. No, he's always there. And he's speaking to me and prompting me and calling me forward each and every moment. And the examine helps me to see my life in precisely that light. So, you know, for us to become new wineskins that are able to contain this new wine of grace, this new wine which is the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, let us remember the need to be docile and perhaps take up the practice of the daily examine as a means to gain that flexibility, that ability to be led, to be humble, to be docile. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. 
Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.